Welcome to the MUFG APEC Insights Podcast. As the 27th United Nations Climate Change Conference, or COP27, draws to a close, expectations are high for global leaders to do much more to address the world's climate goals. In this episode, Tomohiro Ishikawa, Global Head of Government and Regulatory Affairs, shares his observations of COP27. He is joined by Amanpreet Singh, Director of ESG Finance for Asia Pacific, and together, they discuss recent initiatives like MMUFG's white paper on transition finance and the importance of client engagement in ensuring a just and orderly transition in Asia. The following podcast is for information purposes only. It is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment businesses or investment recommendations. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here today with Tomo Ishikawa. And my name is Aman. I'm part of the ESG Finance team here in Asia Pacific. Tomo, just returned from COP27, and we would like to have feedback on how COP27 was and what is your initial take after attending that in person. First of all, thank you for having me here. I was at the COP meeting in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. First of all, COP is a conference of parties. So it is government, including Asian countries, Europe and U.S. Those governments are the official members of the conference of parties. But there are so many side events, including the one we hosted. In the context of a government negotiation, it's still ongoing. So we don't know, but we hope to hear outcome with a lot of success. There are several issues that the government is negotiating, one including uh, loss and damage, but also a pending issue from uh, Glasgow last year. For example, this 100 billion capital mobilization to emerging economies. We hope to see, again, a lot of a positive outcome from these negotiations. So that's the government side. In the context of uh, side events that uh, many of us attended, including myself, but the MEFG representative, there are a lot of uh, good momentums, especially in the context of transition finance. Last year in Glasgow, where I attended, you heard a lot about divestment and green financing. Th- those two are very important. But this year, I guess, uh, in the context of uh, this energy crisis, but also inflation, you heard a lot about just an orderly transition, which, of course, we're very supportive. And we actually hosted the event uh, with the notion of how we can uh, advance uh, just an orderly transition, especially in this region, Asia. Elaborating further on transition and the just uh, transition that you have referenced, recently MUFG issued and published a transition white paper where we learn from some of the initiatives that are being driven by the Japanese companies. Could you elaborate a bit more around how that was put together and your vision to utilize that white paper in Asia specifically? So let me step back a little bit. May last year, MEFG pledged to become 2050 NIZER or Carbon Neutral Declaration. We also joined Nezer Banking Alliance, where our chief sustainability officer back then, Miyasa-san, sits on the, the principal uh, meeting. I sit on the representative meeting. So we're basically a member of the board for Nezer Banking Alliance. We, we don't call it the board. It's a steering group. But basically, we're one of the 12 banks involved in the, all the government's decision at the Nezer Banking Alliance. Last year, when we started the discussion at Nezer Banking Alliance, the overwhelming narrative, I would say, was that it was divestment, it was around uh, investment in green activities that will allow financial institutions to achieve net zero. 
we didn't disagree, but we basically said maybe that's a too um, simplistic to assume that the investment in green finance will decarbonize or allow countries, especially in emerging economies, to achieve carbon neutral. Simply because, you know, you've got a lot of high emitting sectors in those countries, but of course in the vast economies as well. But we shouldn't forget that we have existing exposure to those high emitting sectors. MEFG, we have $3 trillion of balance sheet. And you can't just uh, divest everything and start investing in green activities. That's not how we intend to achieve our net zero. Rather, we need to make sure that our clients are also thinking about net zero goal and moving towards net zero. And that's exactly why we believe it's transition finance that's important and also client engagement. So as opposed to divestment, we believe it's engagement. Rather than green financing, we believe it's a transition finance that's important. Having said that, we also need to understand or appreciate that not all transition activities will be eligible, right? We want to make sure that our clients have credible transition plans. And that's where it's not just about a disclosure of transition plan. Of course, a disclosure transition plan will be made available going forward with the ISSB, SEC, and IFRAG in these regions finalizing the disclosure framework. But we need to make sure that our clients have transition plans that are credible. So I, including myself, we started engaging with uh, clients. What we said was uh, we would like to understand your transition plan, but we also need to understand that the transition plans are ambitious and also credible. So we uh, had numbers of meetings with our leading clients, especially in Japan, what we also started doing this in Asia too. One of the key lessons from this engagement was that the firm level or sector level transition plans are not necessarily sufficient to understand the credibility because, as we highlighted in the transition white paper, there is what what I would call uh, interdependency among the sectors or among the firms. So you can't just look at firm A and say, uh, show me your transition plan and would like to assess your uh, credibility of a transition plan because there are certain things or are outside of uh, the control of the company. And that's why we thought it's important to showcase or demonstrate what are the interdependencies, but also highlight that there's policy intervention required for the purpose of addressing this interdependency. So white paper was initially around showcasing our clients' transition towards net zero, but as a result of uh, this lessons from our client engagement, we thought it's important to highlight this interdependency and seeking public sector to also think how we can address this uh, interdependency. So what we're saying is MEFG, we're trying everything we can to support our client transition, but we also need public sector to also think about what they can do to move the whole sector, whole economy to um, achieve net zero. So clearly, the clients need a credible and ambitious transition plan as a bare minimum to start thinking about how they will eventually reach net zero in the next years with interim targets of 2030 and eventually hitting 2050 or beyond. Could you also elaborate a bit more on the recently signed Just Energy Transition Partnership? Sure. Just Energy Transition Partnership, or JetP, launched at the Glasgow COP, so it was the last year. The first project was for South Africa. Now they came up with a detailed transition investment plan for South Africa. Most recently, the U.S. government and Japanese government, together with uh, Indonesian government, announced this JetP for Indonesia. 
the purpose is to facilitate energy transition for Indonesia. But let me step back why energy transition is important. And this is something we highlighted in our MEFG transition white paper. Clearly, there is interdependency between energy, electricity sector and uh, other sectors because all sectors require energy or heat. And how you uh, produce energy or heat is critical because, for example, uh, electrical vehicle, it's important and uh, it's considered as green. However, if the electricity is produced using coal, of course, the benefit of electric vehicle isn't as um, beneficial as uh, you think. So it's important to make sure an, an electricity and energy are produced using those fuels with less CO2 emissions. And that's exactly what uh, JetP is trying to achieve. What the Japanese government and U.S. government announced was that the public sectors or the governments, U.S., Japan, and G7 countries will commit $10 billion together with um, MDBs like uh, Asia Development Bank. And they're hoping to see GFAN's working group, including MEFG, to also mobilize private finance. What you find in the press release is that 10 billion from public sector and 10 billion from private sector is just a minimum. And we hope to use public sector money to catalyze private finance and hope to see more than 10 billion as a result. Of course, we haven't uh, more work to be done, and therefore there is no guarantee that uh, more money will be able to mobilize. But uh, Asia or advanced economies need trillions of dollars. Therefore, 10 billion plus 10 billion is not enough. So we hope uh, this JetP will be just a first step to mobilize capital for the purpose of energy transition. And we're discussing peer banks that this is a template for other countries, other emerging economies to also use for the purpose of energy transition. So looks like exciting times ahead. And this is just the starting point as we embark and mobilize private capital towards developing economies and emerging economies to decarbonize their operations today. So probably a question leading on from here is, as the clients embark on the journey of creating a transition plan, there are various transition finance guidelines or transition plan guidelines that exist today in the market. I know you have been involved in certain discussions as as, uh, part of uh, global organizations. Could you share how the clients can utilize this and really embed it into their business as usual and make it the way of doing business in the coming years? Sure, uh, that's a great question. First of all, GFANS has published a number of reports two weeks ago in the run up to COP. At Nezer Bank Airlines, uh, there's a working group I chair. We published, uh, it was the beginning of October, we published Transition Finance Guide. Basically, the goal there was to mainstream transition finance for banks to uh, achieve net zero. The GFANS publication will also help us to put together our transition plans, but also for the real economy to come up with uh, transition plans that are comparable. The question there is comparability is important, but we also need to consider the implication of these transition plans. And we as a bank, and with the exposure to our clients already, we're not intending to look at these transition plans and say, companies doing great, companies B is lagging, and therefore we only support company A. That's not the approach we're taking. To the extent that the company A and B both have the ambition and ability to achieve carbon neutral or net zero, we obviously hope to facilitate their decarbonization and we hope to support their journey 
through our uh, transition financing. So it's important to remember that uh, we're not asset manager, we're not equity or hedge funds. We're not just uh, trying to identify who the winner is and who the losers are. Rather, we hope to help all our clients to become greener. And that's exactly why transition finance is important to uh, institutions like uh, MEFG. So there are clarities that have been issued recently by GFANS, which I would encourage uh, our clients to leverage, look at it, and then learn from it on how they embark the journey. Maybe to close off the podcast, if I may ask you to give some tips to our clients here in Asia Pacific on what they could leverage as they enter 2023 and beyond. There has been progress made recently from G20 in Indonesia. The next G20 presidency uh, is moving to India in the coming year. So I think Asia is uh, having a lot of these presidencies in the coming year. So what are your tips and expectations uh, from Asia in the coming year? Thank you. Uh, That's a great question. So uh, G7 is actually moving to Japan, COP in Egypt. Next year, it's UAE. So uh, we're witnessing uh, many emerging economies or Asian economies to lead these uh, global initiatives. And that's probably one of the reasons why you see a lot of uh, attention to transition financing, not only green financing, because green activities or sustainable activities are just the tip of the iceberg and uh, we need to make sure that uh, the rest of the iceberg or the not necessarily green yet but becoming greener are the types of uh, activities that we hope to support so the message i have is uh, and something the, my, my favorite uh, line is uh, it takes two to tangle and it takes two to engage as well we we can't achieve net zero without our client on board so we need to make sure that the, we listen, we engage with our clients to understand what they intend to do. But we also need to uh, make sure they understand what we can do and what we cannot do. That's why our client transition plan is important. Credibility is important. But we're not just asking our client to come up with a perfect transition plan. We're here to help. We are here to listen and get on the same boat and head in the right direction. But it will take several years, if not several decades, to become net zero. And that's exactly why the Net Zero Banking Alliance Transition Finance Guide, which I was very happy to uh, see in the context of uh, what the outcome we achieved. The message in the Net Zero Banking Alliance Transition Finance Guide we published was that it's the high emitting sector that requires money and also time. So not just about green financing, but the high emitting sector requires all the, the inputs, time and money to transition to a sustainable future. And that's exactly how we hope to approach the net zero journey of MEFG together with our clients. So to summarize here in MUFG, especially in Asia Pacific, we remain fully committed to working alongside our clients as you embark on the transition journey. And as your banking partner, as your financing partner, we would like to partner with you on more successful transactions that will help you achieve your eventual net zero and transition goals as well. Thank you very much for your time and we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you for listening to the MUFG APEC Insights podcast. This episode is available on Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe and reach out to an MUFG sales representative for business inquiries.